You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I'm your host, Jill Saskin-Gales, and I'm here today with Sabrina Jeremiah, the VP and Country Director at Google Canada. Sabrina is a firm believer that technology, when thoughtfully applied, can be a bridge to building a better Canada. And as a champion of technology, she leads her teams to build programs aimed at helping Canadians and Canadian businesses, both small and large, thrive in the digital economy. Sabrina, welcome to Marketing News Canada. Thank you, Jill. Lovely to be here with you. Yes, lovely to see you again. Sabrina and I used to be colleagues, so it's a pleasure to get the opportunity to sit down with you today. The pleasure's all mine. So as VP and Country Director of Google Canada, when we think of Google, we think Google Ads, Google Workspace, Google Cloud, Google Hardware. So what exactly falls under your job as our Country Director for Google Canada? Well, first of all, I'm just excited to be here and uh, excited to talk to you and about marketing and about, you know, the impact that we have in Canada. So my job is a really interesting one. So I lead our ads team for Google in Canada, and this is the team that helps Canadian businesses really understand how to use our ad platforms to help them find customers all over the world and really drive their business outcomes, whatever that will be. And we'll talk about that in a bit. And I'm also the country lead, so the managing director for Canada, which means that, you know, I orchestrate our investments in markets, um, the investments that we make in nonprofits, like the 10 million we've given to digital skilling, our investments in different parts of the ecosystem and how we all work together uh, to bring the best of Google to Canada. And so on that note, bringing the best of Google to Canada, I know that Google recently released the Google Canada Economic Impact Report. So what does this report tell us about the state of Canada's digital economy and Google's role in it? So, you know, digital is an engine for growth. And I think, Jill, you know this more than anything, just working front line with different clients across Canada, that as we see our economy, and if you were to look at it, just like, you know, looking at it top down, about 12% of our GDP is innovation related, right? And it's growing at two to three times the rest of an economy. And I like to say that every business is going to become or is already a technology business. I know farmers who are more technology savvy than the average person. You know, we work with retailers who end to end really understand how to drive an omni-channel or digital presence together uh, right over to the service industry. And you know, I think a lot of that was the COVID bump and the acceleration that was there, but it is also just the natural progression. So when we look at Google's contribution within this, we just partnered to do an economic impact report, asking that really smart question that you asked me, like, what is our contribution within this? And what we found is that we're actually delivering $37 billion of economic impact. And this is for Canadian businesses, nonprofits, publishers, Creators, remember we have so many amazing thousands of creators on YouTube and also developers. So it's about 1.5% of Canada's GDP. And if you were to kind of look at a peer set, it's more than forestry and aviation combined. And when I look at that number, there's a lot in it and a lot to dissect because we do a lot of different diverse work in Canada. But, you know, Canada is a country that has around 2 million businesses And the majority of them are SMBs. It's like the lifeblood of them. But when we look at, you know, think about what you might have done to find a shop this week or a Black Friday sale. You would have gone to Google. You would have looked for it. And you may have clicked on an ad, but you may have also just clicked on a Google My Business. 
And 1.9 million of the 2 million Canadian businesses are using a connection or receiving a connection from Google, like a review, a booking, or a phone call just to find out, you know, I was doing that this weekend. Are you open, in fact? (laughs) Do you have room for me? And that's almost every business in the country. You know, we're driving a lot of these connections that are so important to the lifeblood of businesses of all sizes, small and large. But in the area that I lead, like one of the things that makes me so passionate about what I do is that 33 billion of economic output and economic impact for Canadian businesses lies in our search, YouTube and ads platforms. And this is because our job is to make every business in Canada successful. And when they invest a dollar with us, we want them to earn eight back for them or more, right? And that is what we really engineer and what we really work with our clients is to bring them along that curve so that they're really able to understand the value that we deliver. And I think your Google business profile example is such a good one. We think about digital transformation. We think about huge companies moving to the cloud, overhauling systems, but sometimes something as simple as setting up a free Google business profile is going to completely transform a local business in Canada. Absolutely. And so digital transformation is a buzzword that we hear about a lot. I'm sure you hear about it a lot in many of your meetings. So why is digital transformation so important to Canada and to individual businesses? You know, I want to debunk the word digital transformation because it just seems like very high level. And I think, you know, this year more than ever, businesses are just looking for a little bit more tactical advice. I see digital as a tool. And I think that all marketing and all businesses need to follow their users, their consumers, their clients, you can call it different things. And when I see the tool of digital, it's another way, another doorway that your clients are accessing you. So you want to show up in the best possible way there, but also in a way that meets that moment. And, you know, like a great example is Cheekbone Beauty. This is an Indigenous owned business. They're from St. Catharines. And, you know, the founder, Jen Harper, she really looked at digital tools like Google Trends to learn about market demand. So Google Trends is a free tool that anyone can go to. You basically see an anonymized index view of what's going up and what's going down. And we can talk about some of the trends we're seeing right now because it's a fun thing to do. It's if you have five minutes, it's worth just checking it out just to see what, you know, the zeitgeist of Canadians. But when she looked at it, she asked what cosmetic products are getting the most interest on Google search? And she found five products, one of them being like an eyebrow pencil, which isn't the most obvious thing that you were to look at. So she actually orchestrated her business and her marketing around those five products. And between 2018 and 2020, her online sales grew by 780%. And she used Google Analytics to look at it. And I actually went to the website because it's a great, great product. And I looked at it. Those five products are still her five best sellers. So it is pretty amazing because you can miss things. And I think these are like the amazing examples of made in Canada owned businesses that are really kind of scaling up with these tools. And scaling up with Google tools that don't necessarily have to be advertising or cloud, but things like Google Trends that are freely available, Google Analytics, freely available for anyone to leverage to grow their business. And speaking of Google Trends and kind of changes in demand over the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of changes in consumer behavior, both digitally and otherwise, due to the pandemic. I cautiously say that we're maybe in a bit of a pandemic recovery now. Who knows? But I'm curious from your perspective, what are some of the changes that you've seen over the last few years in consumer behavior through this unprecedented time? Yeah, Jill, I will take your optimism. I hope so too. It's very hard to predict. We're in dynamic times. 
And I think dynamic times require a dynamic marketing playbook. And, you know, if you look at Larry Summers, someone who sees things in a very, you know, interesting way, I love that he calls it the most interconnected set of complex issue the world has seen in over 75 years. And I would say that's pretty right. And so what we're seeing, though, on consumer demand is that Canadians are really feeling the pinch right now and they're shifting their purchasing habits and they're doing things differently. So we know that like the digital usage really got a bump, right? It time traveled during the pandemic and a lot of it is retained and some of that has evolved into new mechanism. And one of the things that we're seeing right now is a real omni-channel approach, right? So consumer behavior is really omni-channel. And what omni-channel means is that it's what you do every day. Well, like right now you're probably shopping for a couple of Black Friday, Cyber Monday deals, You probably did this last night. I went online. I found the boots that I need for my daughter and I was about to kind of go, oh, buy them. And then I said, no, wait, it was final sale. I'm like, okay, well, I need to go into the store to try those on. That's omni-channel because I've done the research online. I know what I want. And then I'm going to go to the store and I'm just going to hope that they have my size and pick it up and go. So what we're seeing right now is that Canadians are using smartphones and mobile phones more than ever for online shopping. They're researching products, even if they intend to buy them in store, just like I did in this odyssey to get my daughter winter boots before they all sell out. And then they're also visiting the stores to touch and see them, even if they go to plan to buy them online. And then they're often kind of checking the inventory before they're going into the store. So, you know, I'll give you a concrete example. Like you might be in the market for a sofa. So you might start out on search. You might check out a few furniture stores near you. And then you might revert back to a pure player like Montreal-based Cozy. And Cozy is one of the businesses that we work with. And it's really neat because they've created this modular furniture and it comes in like a lot of small boxes. And so they get delivered to your house, right? So they use Google search, they use shopping ads, et cetera. They use analytics and trends just like Cheekbone Beauty. And they found that they were able to increase their website click-through 24 times since 2020, with 30% of their customers having directly interacted with an ad campaign. So that's like an example of just understanding this omni-channel, understanding actually how to use the tools, et cetera. But like, there's a lot of neat things happening just because of the moment that we're at, this inflationary moment, Canadians are feeling the pinch and the hunt for deals is on the rise. So there's an 80 times increase in searches for gifts by price and Google really Trends. Really interesting, yeah. yeah. And we're seeing a 200% year-on-year increase on discount code. So folks are looking for deals. Folks are omni-channel. And I would say the third trend, which I am very, very excited about, is that Canadians are being more intentional. So for example, like, you know, they're kind of checking their behaviors, maybe a little less impulse buying, but they're really expanding their consideration set to a wider array of stores in the past. Like they're really open to trying new products, brands, and sources, they're looking at new things. And I think that's what I am very you know, eager to see is a lot of Canadian businesses of all sizes succeeding and really helping Canadians find them in the moment that matters. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And that can really relate to what you're saying about Canadians now searching for discounts, having omnichannel experiences and expanding their consideration set. I used to always get my Loblaws at, uh, my groceries at Loblaws because it's down the street. But I was like, oh, it's getting so expensive. So I looked online and now we do Walmart pickup because I was able to compare prices on my phone, see that it was cheaper, pick up near me, have that omnichannel experience. And so I really see these trends you're mentioning come to life and changing consumer behavior at this time. Yeah, that's right. And so given all of these changes and the fact that there is uncertainty that lies ahead, what do you think marketers, smart marketers should be thinking about right now going into 2023 planning? Yeah, you know, I think like this word dynamic plays to me a lot. And I really do think that dynamic times need dynamic marketing. And I think that's for everything, whether it's furniture or you mentioned grocery, maybe cars, credit cards, whatever, right? So it's really about solving for business outcomes because I think businesses right now are really focused on the most important thing. Everybody is prioritizing. Like this is 2023 is the year of prioritization. Everyone that I speak to is focusing on the highest impact work. So if I were to kind of tell you the playbook that I see playing out with a lot of our customers and the work we're doing with them, it's really about maximizing your business outcomes. And that could be growing your revenue, it could be shifting to profitability, or it could be selling a number of widgets and services at a certain price, et cetera. So I think, you know, one of the big things is like everyone needs to be at the marketing table at the CEO, like the CFO needs to understand at the CMO, we all need to be working together. And for smaller businesses, you know, that you are the CEO, you are the CMO, you're everything. And so understanding this and being able to do this. So like the three things in the formula that I see is number one, setting the right goal. So I started in this industry a long time ago, Jill, you know that about me. I've been at Google 16 years. And I remember at the beginning, it would be like, you know, what is your cost per thousand impressions? How many clicks have you delivered? The smart goals we're seeing now are not about media metrics. They're about business outcomes. So these are things like revenue, profitability, lifetime value. So like, for example, a car company that, you know, 15 years ago would ask us to drive clicks is now asking us to maximize the number of test drives on their new models that they've launched. They might even be selling directly online because a lot of them are now, right? Like this is the new wave of auto retail. So basically a straight to car sales is another thing. It might be optimizing to new versus returning customers or high value customers. It might be optimizing to margin and profitability. These are all different ways. And so Really understanding your business outcomes as a marketer and partnering with your C-level table or, you know, if you're a small business owner, just partnering with what you need to drive and setting up those outcomes as your North Star in your campaigns is number one. I think number two is just lining up your measurement, your first party data and automation. Automation, automation, automation. Automation, automation, automation. Yes. Yeah. To maximize these business outcomes because the tools have evolved, right? We weren't able to do this 16 years ago. And I think measurement on Google and YouTube has really evolved to deliver on business outcomes. And we have, you know, different tools like value-based bidding. We have PMAX, which is another, you know, one that is just put in your outcome and we will find you as many people at the desired outcome you want. And then privacy-ready, privacy-safe integration of data. It is very important to do this like at the above and beyond what we need to do to get this right. But I think the neat thing about this is automation. And all of this runs on the power of machine learning. 
and being able to do this in a smart thing. So that's number two. And then the third thing for me is really about evaluating and expanding on your real-time metrics and performance data. And one of the questions I love to ask clients is, how many experiments have you done in the past months? And brands that have adopted a test and learn mindset, they see like a 3x return on their digital initiatives. And it is a really interesting thing because you can go into it and be like, I think this is right. I'm going to run it. I'm going to run it. Or you could set up three different experiments and let the data tell you the direction that it's going. And then you need to be agile with all of this, right? So real time. And you know, one little story here with one of our large banking clients, we noticed about 18 months ago that there was spikes in consumer demand. It's just dynamic. It's again, it's happening, right? People want credit cards this week and mortgages the next. And it's hard to predict that. But they actually weren't set up for budgeting to be able to transfer where they needed to top up and move down. And it took quite a while to do this. So we brought this to the team. They brought this to their C-level table and they actually made a case for funding an agility budget. So this is a new approach to budgeting. It allows them to kind of like capture these new opportunities at a moment's notice. It actually took their ability to meet that demand down from two weeks to a day. And then they saw a 12% increase in conversion. So these are the sort of things like, you know, experimentation, but then what do you do with the learnings? Like start an agility budget are really interesting things on all that. So just like to summarize, it's like, I would say number one is your business outcomes and really knowing what you're actually setting your goals to, two, lining up your measurement, your data and your automation, automation, automation. And three is really looking at evaluating, optimizing, expanding on real-time metrics and performance. And I would say experiment, experiment, experiment. Absolutely. And be agile with what you learn from those experiments. That's right. And you mentioned that prioritization is something really key for marketers. I'm curious in your role leading Google Canada, how you're thinking about prioritization for the year ahead. What are top priorities that you're thinking about for the team at Google? Yeah, I mean... The number one priority for us right now is our contributions to Canada and making our clients successful. And it really is what we talk about every day. So when I think about making clients successful, it is really bringing them along this journey and understanding, meeting them at the moment. It is a bumpy time. Some folks are flying and some folks are having difficult choices that they're making. And so what we want to be is partners at the table and really understanding, deeply understanding the challenges and the opportunities of the business and lining up our joint business plans with each partner to deliver on those. And again, elevating the metrics according to that playbook to business outcomes, leveraging the best of our platforms and, you know, bringing them along the journey and helping them with their digital capabilities. And I think, you know, on the digital capabilities and when I shift gears to like, you know, Canada, one of the areas that is so important to me is skills. And I think digital skills are just one of the most important things. It's transformative. And we are deeply committed to skilling up Canadians. So we have a program called Grow with Google. Uh, Grow with Google is like, it's a micro credential. So in six months, you can go with someone with barely any digital experience to a really decent amount of practical business experience that could land you a good paying job. These are these areas like IT support, um, data and analytics. And Jill, you know from your time at Google, this is a lot of the same material we train our own people on because we hire people and train them up, right? Project management. Everybody needs project management. So these are, you know, courses we don't charge for them. There's a small charge from Coursera just on the fee. 
on that. But most importantly, we want to get them out there. So we have partnered with nonprofits like Empower, Inspire, like other nonprofits to really get them to BIPOC, Indigenous, underrepresented youth, because it is so important that they have jobs in technology. And so we fund free scholarships for them to do them. You know, these amazing nonprofits really provide a lot of the scaffolding of helping with resume support, et cetera. One of my favorite things about my job is just meeting these graduates, right, or talking to them when they're doing the course. And I've had a lot of interactions with students. By the way, 10,000 Canadians have graduated in these programs. Wow. So there are 10,000 people with these amazing digital skills. And the stories they tell me, they're so inspiring. Like folks who, you know, when Marco Chumacheri worked in a restaurant, he was made redundant in COVID. He saw one of these courses. I think he saw an ad. He linked on it. He did the course in six months. Now he works for Touch Bistro in uh, analytics. You know, I, I recently met some folks who are current clients working at L'Oreal, Celian, and he reskilled to another area. And then I've met quite a few Indigenous youth who are all doing a lot of the coding, the Python courses we have, and super excited about the prospects. So that is an area that I think is really important to Canada and where we want to continue to invest. And so Grow with Google is one path that people might take into marketing, but of course it's not the only path. And so I'm curious for you, how did you get into marketing in the first place? That's an interesting one because, you know, if you were to talk to people who knew me when I was younger, they'd say, oh, weren't you supposed to be an architect? <laughs> you know, and it's funny. And I always like, even with my kids, I'm like, don't be too deterministic on what you want to do because the jobs that you will end up with probably don't exist yet. And when I was like 10 years old, Google didn't exist and the internet didn't exist. So I think that's a really important thing to think about and just to be curious. So I studied business at Wilfrid Laurier and then finished my degree in Italy at the University of Pavia. And then I started my formal career. And by the way, I did a lot of amazing co-op internships with Laurier. So I worked at Microsoft. I worked at Sibagaygi. I worked at different places. And I think those internships when you're in university matter a lot, right? So I ended up working at Procter & Gamble in Rome. So that was kind of like my schooling on understanding how business works, understanding the P&L, all of those different things. And I worked with amazing people and graduated to run basically the cosmetics business for Italy. And there was a day that I was driving to work and this is going to sound kind of funny, but I was actually driving a white Fiat 500, like, you know, the little old ones. So that was Italian. It <laughs> was like completely unsafe, but that was my car. And I was driving past the Coliseum. And I knew people who were in California and getting really excited about the internet. And these were early days where we didn't even understand the internet. And I thought looking at the Coliseum, I was like, gosh, I really want to be part of this internet and I need to go to where it's happening. So it was one of those really abrupt moves where I actually decided to switch gears and I did some nonprofit work. I worked around the world for a year. I did a lot of things. I went to the Philippines. I did this amazing UN conference on bridging the digital divide in Malaysia. Many of the roots of like, you know, community investments still go back to those conversations I had there. And then from there, I joined the other search engine, AskGs. And I did that in marketing. And I've worked, you know, across other multinationals like Reckitt Van Kieser, et cetera, and then joined Google in London 16 years ago. So I started as a marketer and then I added on this notion of digital and technology. And now a lot of my job is explaining digital and technology to marketers and going back to that like UN work, really helping to understand how digital is an economic driver for an economy. And going back to that 37 billion 
and the digital as like a growth factor for Canada. It's just so important that we get this right. And now your job is very focused, obviously, on Canada, but you mentioned a lot of different international experience living and working in Italy, conferences in Malaysia. How do you think that international experience has affected how you approach your role now? Yeah, I'm very grateful for the time I spent abroad. I spent 14 years abroad. And actually, in the three years of those, I actually spent one year, I was looking at my calendar and I was out of the country 200 days out of 365. And that was the year I was everywhere. I was in Asia. I was in India. I was in, I was really tired, to be honest with you. But what I loved about that is, you know, we're all trying to understand each other and understand the world. And I think when you go firsthand, and you're not just visiting on a vacation or at a resort, but you're working and you're meeting local agencies and local clients and you're actually doing work. It really builds your perspective of cultures. It builds your perspective of what we have in common. And it builds your perspective of like a joint humanity and you know how important it is to work together on big things. And I think about a lot of the great work that Google's doing in sustainability on digital transformation, on AI for good. It's so important to do that. And it's so important to get that right. Absolutely. And so I'm curious to know, other than Google, of course, what are the brands that you love to follow or that you think are doing really interesting things right now? It's funny because like, you know, I was thinking, you know, how do you define a brand? Like there's a lot of YouTubers I really think are amazing. My son is a massive fan of the Hacksmith. He's a Canadian who like teaches kids about engineering with like a Marvel twist. Mad fit, you know, I've been doing some of her workouts because gosh, like, you know, there's never enough time to do that, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> but we have a lot of really cool companies in Canada. So there's some really great female owned ones like uh, NYX, yeah. uh, Joanna at NYX. And like, you know, the story there of what they're trying to do is just make like intimates more inclusive, you know, across the board. Majuri is pretty amazing as well. I love Article, another one of our Canadian greats, etc. So there's a lot of amazing brands in Canada, and I love seeing how companies and founders, not just the brand, because a brand is an embodiment of people, really how they put their values at the forefront, you know, and how they make that really clear in what they do. And with the founder of Nix, she, I believe, had the largest exit by a female founder ever recently, which is so impressive as both a woman and a Canadian to see that. So impressive. Absolutely. And so last thing I have to ask you is how do you keep up to date on marketing news in the industry beyond Google? Are there podcasts or books or newsletters? How do you stay up to date? Yeah, I stay up to date in a lot of ways. You know, I listen to this podcast, of course. So, you know, good one to favorite. I listen to a lot of different podcasts. Like, I, And my Google News feed in the morning is really set up to start with Canadian news. Then I go to international news and I go to the tech news. So basically when I get up in the morning and I'm getting ready, you know, in the mornings that you really have that, it's like, okay, Google, play me the news. And then it actually plays through that list, which is really great. And then I tee up a lot of stuff for um, car rides, right? So like if you're, you know, driving in or out or you're, you're driving somewhere on the weekend and, you know, it's not just the marketing I like to keep up with. Like I like to keep up with world events, like the New York Times Daily, the Currents, all of these sort of things. But I think it's really important to not just focus on marketing and business. So one of my favorites is the Happiness Lab podcast by Lori Santos. And I just have to admit to Jill, I met her last week. Uh, Tell us about that. Oh, and I I went up to her and I said, Lori, I have to tell you that you kept me sane during the pandemic. She has a really interesting podcast series about the science of happiness. 
and she works at Yale and she has amazing people that come as guests. So, you know, when we were in the throes of the pandemic and you were not getting outside because you're working all day in front of a screen and then your kids are at home and it was, it was intense. And we all know, and I know Jill, you experienced that too. That would be sometimes my only outing would be to go for a walk with Laurie Santos on that Happiness Lab podcast. So I really, really recommend that one. It was really a thrill for me to meet her in person. The Happiness Lab. That's wonderful. This is Marketing News Canada. I'm your host, Jill Saskin-Gales. Sabrina, thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll see you next time on Marketing News Canada. A real pleasure, Jill. Take care. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.